Hi, this is Angie Meadows, and this is The Rocker Recovery. And this is Josh Baum with Rocker Recovery. And we're doing the book, Detachment, my new book. We're on principle number two, Josh. It's called Detachment Brings Peace. Yes. So kick us off with the introduction. Detachment is not caring less, but caring more for my emotional stability. Yeah. If I make... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Read that one again. <laughs> Detachment is not caring less but caring more for my emotional stability. You know, I say this one to myself all the time when I need to detach, when I've lost my peace. I'm just like, okay, I just lost my peace. So what's more important, me attaching to some circumstance or me attaching to my emotional stability? So if I make my emotional stability my goal, I need to be aware of my instability or my imbalance and develop a structured plan to rebalance myself. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing shall make them stumble or offend them. Psalms 119, 165. So I want to have great peace and love his law. So if I don't have that peace, Josh, I forgot that I love God's law. (laughs) I forgot that that's more important. So ask yourself. Is it my problem? If I allow my emotions to be involved, I will become an easy target for manipulator or impulsive decisions. Is it my responsibility? It is important to place the responsibility for another person's problems squarely upon their shoulders. Is it a consequence to a poor choice? Poor decisions beget poor outcomes. When consequences are excruciating, it is time to seize the opportunity to allow it to motivate you or your loved ones to seek outside help. Counselors, support group, rehabilitation centers. Lead the way and do your work and others may follow. Is it a consequence Of defiance, rebellion, or breaking the law? Coddling defiance, rebellion, and law-breaking with excuse-making guarantees an entitled loved one will be justified in continuing their path of destruction. Entitlement is a belief that we deserve privileges that we have not earned. So we're going to talk about some entitlement uh, evaluation. There's a there's a, a scale here where we can evaluate ourselves. So my skewed behaviors. Discontent. Greedy. Nothing pleases them except momentarily. Focused on temporal issues. Finds fault. What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know you're entitled if you've been hearing yourself say that. Yes, yes. Okay, keep going. Lazy in housework, yard work, or child care. Impulsive speech. Impulsive negative behaviors. Demanding in relationships. Developing an adult, adolescent, Argues with the authority figures. Now, I see this all the time. I see this impulsive speech, this impulsive negative talk, self-talk. Um, we've got to get realize that that is an entitlement behavior that's immaturity and detached from that and attached to healthy stuff. This arguing with authority figures, that's an insecure attachment. We didn't secure attachedly to people who nurtured us, protected us, and validated us as we were growing up. So we have to do that to our, with ourselves so that when we come into contact with authority that might be grumpy or snippy or hateful or just not as nice as we think they should be, we are attached to that healthy part inside of ourselves and it's okay. We can navigate that. So let's look at some poor character development that might be causing this entitlement. Complainer, selfish, angry, easily irritated or impatient, blames others for their problems, no personal responsibility accepted, cheats, lies, and steals. Okay, so that's just poor character. So I need to take every one of those, 
and I need to say, okay, I need to work on my complaining. I need to work on my grateful muscle. And every time I hear myself complaining, I need to back up. Every time I hear myself saying, I have to do this, I have to, I need to work on my little selfish muscle. I need to work on my anger. I need to be able to back up until I have discharged that anger, journaling, uh, talking to a trusted friend or whatever before I go back into that situation. So mater- material possession skewedness with entitlement. Possessive about material objects. Careless in taking care of personal belongings. Destructive with property. Thinks others' property is for their use. Frivolous, impulsive spending. Hmm. That's a lot of material possession stuff, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to be able to realize that, yeah, I need to take good care. I need to be a good steward of my possessions, but they don't need to own me. I need to be able to own them. Yes. Now let's look at the work ethic deficiencies with entitlement. De- demands things they haven't worked to earn. No amount of income is enough. Doesn't want to serve others or give other time. Thinks others owe them something. Think they are worth more of an hourly wage without credentials. Doesn't see menial jobs as stepping stones to develop character and, and a work ethic. They do the minimal amount of required work as the lowest standard. Thinks the government owes them something. Demands the best quality health care without paying premiums or being compliant with treatment and then complains about the care. (laughs) Hmm. All this stuff is like, it's just like so, it it could be so easy when somebody's complaining to not even be able to name it. Yeah. To not be able to say, now wait a minute, they're not taking this job and doing their very, very best. Those that are faithful in the least are faithful in the much. So they're not even being faithful with this little thing so that they can get to the bigger things. So I know it's frustrating to be at that low end of the pole and having to work your way up. But if you can be faithful with every single little thing, then you can move your way up a little differently and a little better. Um, but you're going to have to develop that character and that work ethic. So who are my emotionally unbiased counselors? Entitlement. Or rela- relational. relational immaturity makes it difficult to see the forest for the trees. We also need counseling and support groups. Seek out trusted friends and family who can guide us to take to make emotionally unbiased decisions based upon long-term goals. Yeah, so if I haven't set goals, Josh, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. That's <laughs> okay, read right here. Am I exhibiting self-destructive behaviors that have deep roots? Mm. Perhaps you were abandoned or neglected. Maybe there was a divorce or an unstable environment in childhood. These wounds need to be addressed and healed. If you caused a wound, repent quickly and often and then return present and future decision-making responsibilities back to the other person. Do not carry guilt or shame after you have repented or made restitution. If myself or my loved one repeatedly makes irresponsible decisions lessons need to be learned through suffering so there are times that even as enablers we're aggressive and we're fussy and we're angry because we've invested in paying off that fine and then they just go get another one (laughs) and now we're kind of really mad because we invested in the first time to keep them out of jail (laughs) so you know, if you're doing that, you're enabling. Yes. <laughs> so right here. <laughs> Are there children who need 
nurtured or protected. So many decisions to usurp the responsibility of others or for the benefits of the children that's caught in the middle. If you decide to assist others for the sake of the children, plan well. Go the extra mile to assure the money is not embezzled from you on false pretenses. Go to the pharmacy, buy the medicine. Go to the thrift store, buy the clothes, buy the shoes for the child. Address an envelope for child support or other corrective authorities. Only do this if they're seriously working a recovering plan and not squandering their wages. Make any financial support conditional and temporary based upon active recovery. It is vital that the person with substance use disorder does not receive cash. If you have a history of substance use disorder, set up a financial accountability partner. Cash can be an enormous, enormous temptation to slide back into old habits. Yeah, my my loved one used to tell me, Mom, I know I come to you and I ask for, for cash, but if you give it to me, I got no self-control from point A to point B to, to spend it on what I intended to spend it on. Instead, I'm going right straight to the drug dealer. Yeah, Have, start off with good intentions and, and end up with yeah. the bad. And, and so when they're in front of you and they're telling you they need it for this and they're going to spend on that, they do mean that. Yes. They just don't have the self-control to not mean it when you hand it to them. Yes. <laughs> so enmeshment. Let's see how enmeshed we are. The definition of enmeshment is to be entangled or wrapped up in a net. So codependency is common in recovery. Codependent enablers can become so enmeshed with other adults uh, they have developed a lifestyle of dependency. If this has happened, disentangle gently. Say next month you can pay the phone. Okay, well maybe we could switch to a pre-plan, prepay phone. And then the next month, pay. you need to pay some on the utilities. And you just need to keep moving them forward, moving them forward towards an empowerment plan because it is for Christ that has set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened or entangled again in the yoke of slavery. Galatians 5.1. So if I set myself up to be the person that my loved one depends on, they're not looking to Christ. They don't need to. All they have to do is come to me. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to empower them to independence, not to make them dependent. So th- there's going to be a basic plan. Phone, child support, daycare, utilities, rent. Car payment. And then there's going to be an advanced plan. Car insurance, health insurance, car repairs, medication, dental needs. And then there's going to be a higher level plan for superlative needs once. Vacations, dining out, clothing, cigarette or other non-essentials, cable, internet or other luxury expenses. So make sure that you're helping them with this empowerment plan to be able to set up the ability to start with the lower things, to get their priorities straight, to develop this plan with a person in active recovery to stop giving them financial support. Those in active addiction are to obtain no financial support until they are ready to be responsible and work a plan with accountability. Occasionally, a no financial support plan for an active substance user needs to be altered if antibiotics or life-saving medicine needs to happen, needs to be given, but do not give them cash. These financial independent goals will give you confidence to manage your life. With others, let them know any financial assistance comes with accountability. It is a leg up and not a handout. Yes, superlative categories is for financial wants. If you and your loved ones are spending in the areas of um, a lot of eating out, a lot of uh, vaping, cigarettes, things like but your bills aren't getting paid, then maybe mm. that electric needs to be turned off for a yeah. month. So you <laughs> adjust your budget the next month. Yeah. 
The consequences and suffering of poor financial decisions will give us motivation to budget, plan better, and develop self-control. Living in poverty can be a great motivator to work, develop employable skills, or educate ourselves to better increase our income. Mm. So if someone is living in your basement and they can afford to vape, smoke cigarettes, and buy marijuana, (laughs) medical marijuana, rent movies, go to concerts, and still have money, (laughs) then they need to be helped paying the bills and paying rent. Or they need to rent somewhere else. It's a matter of growing up and setting adult priorities. It's okay if you tell them no. They will, they will grow up. Yes. We don't need adult children clinging to us when they're 30 and 40 years old. So all the financial assistance requires accountability. Otherwise, we are just codependent and we are not helping them. Expect others to hoist themselves up with dependability and progressively move forward. So adult children need to be taking care of family members uh, and, and loved ones and pets and other children and, and maybe the elderly in the family. But they don't need to be um, embezzling money from, on false pretenses for emergency needs and sick behaviors and acting like they're a teenager when they're 25 or 35. So we need to develop this plan to help them have more employable skills. Uh, to help them get to community colleges, to get certifications, their GED, apprenticeship, and things like that so they can improve their income and they can uh, move forward in life. And that's going to empower them. So we want to help them set goals. Mature, unemotional goal setting can help launch you or your loved one into responsible adulthood and better life. Set a boundary on your time, energy, finances, and assistance. Demand respect of boundaries. Mm Yep, keep going. If you or loved one will not work a plan or is unable to follow through, he may need more accountability from others who aren't sympathetic to his emotional pleas. He may need time in prison to sober up and desire recovery. These are hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to let your loved one suffer. It's really hard because, you know, when my, as an empath, when my loved one's suffering, I'm suffering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think sometimes I'm the one laying awake at night and he's sleeping. (laughs) So so we just need to let them be the one laying awake at night worrying about their problems. So an abler is not likely strong enough to hold a loved one accountable. This is done by someone who can stick to a plan and not be manipulated emotionally. Codependent recovering addicts make excuses for each other. It's an indication of sickness in the relationship. So a codependent recovering addicts often relapse together. If you are helping another person push through boundaries, you may be next to relapse. If you hear yourself triangulating others, blaming others, becoming offended over circumstances caused uh, by your loved one to your loved one, you are sick. (laughs) And this is not going to end well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. As a codependent enabler, There is a tendency to emotionally manipulate responsible people who try to develop a plan for our loved one in active addiction. In my active enabling days, I have been known to manipulate judges, probation officers, counselors, and sponsors. Trust me, this doesn't work. It comes back to bite me. Ouch. (laughs) It did. It bit me every time. Manipulation to remove consequences only necessitates the needs for more consequences, which may be too big for an enabler to usurp. So next we have a goal treatment plan where you can look at what are the immediate needs. Do they need inpatient treatment, day evening programs, support groups? Uh, How many do they need? Do they need four or five a week? Are they down to two to three a week? Do they have a sponsor? Uh, Do they have accountability partners? Do they have employment? Are they paying their bills, their child support, their court fees, their fines? And 
then we have intermediate goals for um, paying their phone, their bus pass, their food, their car, paying rent, uh, living in a sober facility, recognizing and changing any of their false thinking. And then we have long-term goals where they are running the support meetings and they have courage to face life sober and courage to ask for help when they need it. So these are just goals that will progress as people recover. Enabling and coddling leads to a life of dependency and frustration. So they're not going to meet their goals if if we give them an easy path. (laughs) So sometimes we can have the answer in our hands and not know what to do. But if we just keep pressing in, Josh, it's going to work. I mean, it's a trusted path that's worked for thousands. And maybe it didn't work for you last time you went to that sober house. So try another one. Try it again. Just keep going back over and over again. Get the medication you need. Get the treatment that you need. Get the counseling that you need. And just don't give up on yourselves. The answers will become clear as you settle yourself in. Just don't lose hope. So a victim mentality causes suffering yeah so make sure you're not a victim but you're developing some disciplined thinking so recognize this helpless thinking and refuse it it only leads to more suffering it's a simple shift not an easy one but simple i can work my own recovery plan to empower myself not to be the, a victim as much as i would like to do do it I cannot break through the mental blockage of someone else's helpless trap. Ouch. I can help them develop a plan, but they must set up accountability. Others may have to be sick of suffering to be motivated for lasting change, and I may have to give them the distance and space to figure this out. So, Josh, when I hear them uh, complaining, um, arguing, blaming, they're not ready to recover. You're right. I, I just have to back off and let them wait until they're ready to be working their own recovery plan, wrangling their own thoughts, setting up their own disciplines. So, But I can stop my whine and I can lead the way. And if I show them health and emotional stability is within my grasp, then maybe they'll pursue the health and the well-being for themselves. Yes. Enabling others to be comfortable in addiction or illness will not give them the hope to propel forward to seek improvement or lasting change. Yeah, if they're comfortable, if they're warm. You're right fed and dry <laughs> they're gonna keep doing what they're they doing don't have any reason to change whether they learn to hide it better yeah. or hide it worse you know what i mean it, yeah. you're gonna... so i need you to identify your false thinking and where you're enabling your loved ones and if you're in active recovery and you're enabling somebody to to stay sick you're going to be sick too so empower yourself by refusing false thinking and discipline your thinking skills meditate on your healthy thoughts and mentally role play healthy changes and how that could improve your life what changes are you ready to pursue? Discuss the following goals with your sponsor or loved one for their active recovery. Empower yourself to and others to develop a plan to meet goals. When we see these goals, they will understand the work they need to do to maintain sobriety and safe relationships. Sobriety is work. Yeah, lots of it every even, single day. Even active recovery is work, even yes. if it's active recovery from enabling. It's a lot of you can't yes. you can't let your guard down. Yes. Uh, you've got to really be working your own program to stay sober from enabling or from chemical addiction. Recovery is intentional. Yeah. 
it's not something that's passively that's just going to easily come to us when I feel it, when I feel like it, I'll do it. No, you're not ever going to feel like yeah. it. It's too, it's too much work. <laughs> so you got to learn that there's a lot of work with recovery. And so we need to do some internal detachment work. Number one. Do not give anyone complete trust and access to your heart who has not earned it. Mm, make them earn that. Number two. If a person abuses your trust, take back your heart. Number three. Close your emotions into dysfunctional people. Number four. Do not give others the power to alter your mood. Oh, if somebody can flip me, I need to back up. Yeah, They've I got need too to work much, on me. You yeah. think got too much power over me. Yeah. Number five. Do not give them the power to create internal or external chaos in your life. Number six. Avoid them. I don't answer your phone or the door. Don't look them in the face. Don't let them engage you emotionally. Sometimes you're still in relationship with these family members and you just move in and out quickly. And, um, you know, avoidance is painful to the one that you're avoiding. But if they're always uh, abusing you, you don't really have a choice. If you want to survive, you've got to back up enough where you can detach and then go in and do what's best. So there you go. Confrontation is not likely beneficial when dealing with an unstable person. No, they're just, (laughs) they're going to flip it and it's going to be all your fault. (laughs) So change your thinking. Number one, refuse all foolish thoughts. Number two, refuse to worry about things we can't control. Number three, refuse to be stressed over someone else's problems. Number four, refuse to fret over things that haven't happened as they were happening now. (laughs) I do this all the time. But what if, but what if, but tomorrow, well, next week, well, next month, and the doctor said, and this one said, and that, but it's not happening today. Yeah. So it's, but it's robbing me of my day. It's robbing me of my joy. So I need to back up. If it's not happening, I need to stay in the present. Number five, detach and disentangle from those who dominate, control, and rob you and abuse you. Mm. You may love them. Uh, if they they you, you may love the image that you have of them and yes. not the real person that they are. You may love the person you think they could be, the person they want to be, the person they pretend to be, but that real person that's abusing you and dominating you and controlling you and robbing you, you probably don't love that person. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right. Number six. Detach from the memories of past trauma. Mm, number seven. Attach from the good memories and hold them dear. Yes, so there are good memories, and you can hold them dear, and you can grieve over when bad things happen. So the principle of a lesson number two in detachment is detachment is not caring less, but caring more for my emotional stability. Conclusion. As a recovering enabler, I was not able to set up boundaries with others that would be respected. A hands-off approach was necessary. A stepping back and trusting others to give my beloved whatever consequences or accountability that was needed. Staying out of the way and stopping my enabling has been my toughest job. Mm. So sometimes um, Josh and his girl puts me on a no rescue contract. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big time enabler, so they'll put me on a no contact yeah. with some and a no rescue with others. Yeah. You can you can be their friend all you want. You just cannot rescue them. Yeah. And you know, if I tell them I can't, you know, sometimes they don't call me anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. that's real. Sometimes I'm realizing that that was the only reason they were hanging out yeah. was because I was rescuing. So there's a time that I do. Yeah. And that's giving them a leg up. And once or twice, they're on their feet. They got it. They're yeah. doing good. And then when it becomes habitual and they're not doing the work, but they're trusting me to do the work for them. It becomes sick. Yeah. So right here. Doing the work to recover from enabling has reaped great benefits of stability in my life. So I want you to know that my inner peace does not depend on someone else's sobriety. It does not. So 
If you live with someone who grumps and causes you to have an emotional tailspin for half the day, you are too emotionally dependent upon this person. Perhaps you have given them power over your heart. Current or past trauma could be making you vulnerable and extra sensitive. You may have to continue your internal detachment work to do to do to find your stability and healing. Yeah, so internal detachment work. Pray us out of here, Josh. Lord, we humbly come to you today and ask you for your help. Give us sound advice, good mentors, counselors, and coaches. Help us, Lord, to identify our own entitled behaviors and develop recovery goals. Let us never be driven by guilt or shame, but confident in the finished work of Christ. Let us have the courage to empower ourselves to fully recover. Mm. Let us release our loved ones into your loving hands and trust you will guide and lead us all the way. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So don't make your decisions out of fear. Make your decisions out of faith. This is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Bond. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye.